0: Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Today we're in Genesis 12 and we're going to be covering off on a lot of different things today, but before we do that, let's go to God in prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for all you've done. Thank you for loving me despite the fact that I just don't deserve it. Thank you for your son. Thank you for making a way for me to have salvation and for your grace to be part of my life. I'm so thankful and grateful. And I just pray, Lord, that as we read today, that the right attitudes would be had, that the right hearts and minds would be there, and that we would listen to you. Wouldn't be anything from me, but it'd be everything from you. So I pray today, Father, as we go about this this reading, that we would be prepared in your Holy Spirit that you would open our hearts and our minds and our spirit and prep us for this, that we would only hear your message and nothing else. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. So before we start reading, I just wanted to quickly go over something that's been eating away and bothering me for a little bit. And since this is about the journey that we all go through and that I'm going through, I thought it was appropriate for me to share. And one of the things that happens to me on a regular basis is I fail. I fail to be the image and live up to the noble image that I expect from myself once I accept Christ. I have this expectation within my heart, within my being, that as I've grown closer to God or learned more about Him through daily readings, daily life, I've been with God off and on, I mean, for the bulk of my life. I accepted him in fourth grade, immediately fell away and ran away. But Jesus has been in my life, my, my whole life, 50 years or thereabouts. And so I would have an expectation that after that many years of doing something, being a Christian, I'd be a really good person, I wouldn't swear, I wouldn't cuss, I wouldn't think wrong thoughts and behave poorly. And I have that expectation, but I realize I fail all the time, which then can lead to defeat. Defeatism, bad attitudes, I don't feel like praying, I don't feel like reading my Bible, all sorts of things. So what I want to say and think about is this. Where I'm human, and yet God uses humans throughout the entire Bible. That's why I think it's critical for me to read all the time. That's why it's critical to read the Old Testament. It's not just the apostles floating on air as they walk. It's about real life men and women who succeed and fail. Some of them do some really crappy stuff, which we're going to read about today. And we're going to read about it today. And it's going to be one of the heroes of the faith. It's going to be about Abraham. But remember this, that the writer of Romans says in verse seven, chapter 7, verse 21, So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So one of the apostles struggled and struggled mightily with their their sinful nature. Every single day, they were, they were, you know, struggling with this. It says in v- verse fourteen. I, we know the law is spiritual, but I'm unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not know. I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do, not for what I want to do. I do not do, but what I hate to do, I do. That's what the Struggle between man and sinners, and so I, I, just I share this because so many times I beat myself up. I am like, why in the heck are you doing a podcast? Who in the world are you? You are just a dude. You are just a guy. You are a failure at being a good Christian. No one's gonna say ever that you were the right person to be, you know, to be held up as a Christian. And I get that. I fail all the time. But I have to look at this story that we're about to read. I have to think about Abraham. I have to think about David. And I think about the apostles. We've read their stories. And they fail every day. Yet, God loves them. His grace is there. Miracles are done through them. And they do great things for Him. He uses them. So with that, let's go ahead and get into chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord has said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So that's a pretty big promise. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. Your name's going to be great. And you're going to bless the entire world. All shall be blessed because of you. That's some pretty big promises to Abraham, which means that Abraham, in my mind, would be like a rocking guy who really does the right thing. So, let's read in verse 4. So, Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. When Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So, they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem as far as the t- terebinth tree of Morah. And the Canaanites were then in the land. Those directions kind of remind me of olden times when I was trying to get directions. They go down to the gas station, turn left. When you see the yellow house or the tree that's really big and has a rope swing in it, turn right. Verse 7, Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there, will, and there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent with with Bethel on the west and Ai in the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. Verse 10. Now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to dwell. For the famine was severe in the land. And it came to pass when he was close to entering Egypt that he said to Sarah, his wife, and that's Sarah, his wife, indeed, I know that you are a woman of beautiful countenance. Therefore, it will happen when the Egyptians see you that they will say, this is his wife and they will kill me, but they will let you live. Please say you are my sister, that it may be well with me for your sake and that I may live because of you so it was when abraham when abram came into egypt with the egypt that the egyptians saw the woman that she was very beautiful the princess the princes of pharaoh also saw her and commanded her to pharaoh or commended her to pharaoh and the woman was taken to pharaoh's house he treated abram well for her sake he had sheep oxen male donkeys male and female servants female donkeys and camels bottom line he pimped her out <laughs> I mean holy cow this is the god the guy that god is going to bless that was so holy and valuable and did such good things that god's going to found a nation over him and he's going to bless the world and here he is he's basically allowing his wife to be taken into the house of pharaoh I mean my goodness. Now, again, don't worry about the the splinter in someone else's eye, but the plank in yours, but wow. I I mean, pretty amazing. But the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with many with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, "What is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister?" I might have taken her as my wife. And therefore, and therefore, here is your wife. Take her and go your way. So Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him. And they sent him away with his wife and all that he had. So Abram, the father of Israel, had a lot of faith. He had enough faith to pack up his stuff, his family, and whatnot, all his belongings and leave and that's really hard to do the I, I read or was reading from Spurgeon that where he says the people of those times clung with great tenace- tenacity to their native homes we in these later ages are not so restful we think nothing of crossing the Atlantic but those Easterns trembled even to cross the Euphrates and the, or the Tigris They spoke of the land beyond those rivers as across the flood and a journey of two or three hundred miles seemed to them to be an event only second to death itself. Yet when God said to Abram, go, he did. So here's a man of great faith. Here's a man who heard God's voice and obeyed. But here's a man that also when he was afraid that he might get killed because his wife is hot and the Pharaoh or others will want her, he bails and he tricks her and he pimps her out basically. And he gets a lot, a lot of stuff for it. So gets back to the beginning of this conversation. When I feel terrible about me, I'm still sinning. I'm not abdicating responsibility there and I need to do better, but I need to keep in mind that I'm just a guy and God is using me. However he wants But I still am just a guy. I'm nothing more. No better than Abram. No worse than Abram. No better than David. No worse than David. No better than the writer of of Romans. And no worse than him. We all struggle with sin. We all struggle to do God's will. Yes, we would like to be more like Paul. When he had so much faith he could heal and whatnot, but he also had many shortcomings too. We're just people. And we need to understand that as we continue to strive, we can't allow our sins to keep us from reading the Bible. We can't allow our sins to keep us from praying. The worst thing we can do is stop praying, stop reading. What we have to do is after we sin, go to God in prayer and pray for forgiveness. So with that, I'm just going to close us with prayer. Thank you, Lord, for loving us, and thank you that we can't out-sin your grace. So, Lord, I just lift up this time. I lift up your word, and I pray that you'd be honored and glorified by all that we do and say. I thank you for loving us, and I pray for you to be the one that we live for because you created everything. You are the creator of all. So I'm grateful for all you've done. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and his journey back to God. I hope you have a great day.